This is the Regular Pastor Podcast. My name is Landon Coleman. I am the preaching pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa. Today I'm talking to Josh Green, who's the lead pastor at Redemption Church right down the road from me here in Odessa. Josh, welcome to the first ever Regular Pastor Podcast. Hey man, I appreciate you having me. Right on. Josh, take just a minute and tell folks, uh, both of our listeners want to know who you are and uh, how long you've been at your church and your family and all that good stuff. Uh, so I, I've i been, our church is Redemption Church. Um, I've been there since August of 2006. Uh, when I got there in 2006, it was Grace Baptist Church, and I came on as the youth pastor straight out of college. And so... Um, Spent some years there serving. Uh, in 2011, um, our pastor uh, stepped into the mission field, and the church called me to be the lead pastor. And I was 26 years old, uh, 32 now. And I look back, I'm thinking, if I don't know what I don't know at 32, what did I not know at 26? <laughs> you know? Scary, right? Yeah. And so uh, that was 2011, and so we've been kind of kind of moving along since then. Um, yeah. Awesome. Married? Got some kiddos? Yeah, I've been married for 12 years to my wife, Callie, and we have uh, we have three biological boys, uh, 11, 7, and 4. We have a daughter who's 25, who we adopted when she was 15. Um, she has a little girl who just turned 5, so, I, so I'm a grandparent. Awesome. I wasn't going to bring that up, but you're by far the youngest grandparent <laughs> yeah. I've ever met in my life. Yeah. It's awesome. Grandparent by the age of thirty is pretty. That's cool. Impressive. I don't know if that's the right word. Impressive. impressive. No, let's go with impressive. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, our daughter is also pregnant as well, so I'll be a grandpa again this year. Awesome. You're old, man. Yeah. And then we've also started fostering, and so we currently have two foster kids in our house. Uh, one's one, and one is about to be six. So Very cool. We're Very pretty cool. full. I like going out to eat with Josh because uh, Josh is way cooler than me. So it's like hanging out with the cool kid in high school. Some of his coolness kind of rubs off on you. Man, I wish that was true. <laughs> so, okay, first ever podcast on uh, on the regular pastor podcast here. First episode. And we're just going to talk about what is a regular pastor. And at the risk of being overly simplistic and just kind of dumbing it down, I think in my brain, um, when I think, what is a regular pastor? I guess I'm talking about you don't pastor a mega church and you don't pastor a large church with tons and tons of staff. Um, numbers, you know, everyone, when you say regular pastor and you start talking about church size, everyone wants to talk about numbers. Um, Tim Keller has written an article. Uh, it's available all online. It's called Leadership and Church Size Dynamics. And he breaks churches down. He's got a small to medium category that's like 450 and under. Uh, he puts a large church at 400 to 800. And then he says a very large church is 800 and up, uh, talking about worship attendance. So I guess in my brain, I'm kind of thinking uh, regular pastors. These are guys who pastor small to medium-sized churches and you tell me if I'm off base, but I just think the job of a quote-unquote regular pastor of a small to medium-sized church is way different than the guy who pastors mega church down the road or big church down the road. It's just a completely different position. What do you think? Do you, you agree with that? You disagree? Um, I would assume that. I actually don't have hardly any experience in a larger church hmm. on staff, and that may be to my detriment, but 
Um, like I said, I came straight out of college to a small Baptist church. And so the only church world I know as far as leadership goes is the smaller church world. And so um, I would assume that a, a bigger church, uh, the pastor's job description would look way different hmm. uh, because in a smaller church, we really are generalists. We kind of have our hands in everything uh, just because that's where we're at. And so by definition, um, I assume that would be way different than somebody who can really just focus on just one or two right. major things. Right. So let's just back up uh, before we get into specifics about job description, because we're going to talk about what are the job responsibilities of the generalist or the regular pastor. Um, back up and let's just think about um, church sizes and being a pastor. I don't know about your experience, but I know my experience. When I go eat with another pastor, and it's the first time we've gone to have lunch together or grab coffee or whatever, I'm just waiting for the big <laughs> question to drop of how big is your church? How many are in worship? I don't know if that's been your experience, but that almost always comes up. I actually had lunch with a guy last week, and he didn't ask that question. <laughs> and the awkwardness throughout the whole meal was right there yeah. because I kept thinking, it's coming. And he probably kept thinking, it's coming. He's going to ask me. And neither of us brought it up. But why do you think pastors are so quick to ask other pastors that question? Is that a healthy thing? Is it a helpful thing to know? Why does that always come up? Well, I think... Uh I think the idea of comparison is is super, not just common, but uh, detrimental in our culture. Like with social media and those things, the whole idea is that you're comparing your life, your experiences, um, your family, whatever, to everyone else that you see. And for whatever reason, church size and how many people attend your church is associated with success mm -hmm. or abilities or whatever. Um, and maybe there's some... There might be some truth to that, but the reality is um, there's probably not. And there's some probably really healthy larger churches and some really unhealthy larger churches. And yeah. the, the amount of people who attend a worship service is not a direct gauge of the pastor's faithfulness, the pastor's abilities, the pastor's um, leadership abilities even. Uh, but I think the pastors, I know for sure me, like even though I know how devastating comparison is, that doesn't negate the fact that I'm still, uh, that I still struggle to compare, especially <laughs> yeah. with guys that I know, love and respect. Like not that I want to have a, a bigger church than them, but I don't want, I want, like I don't want to be embarrassed if my church isn't as big as I think they expect it should be. Yeah, and and so it's it's really not even so much for me like the other people. It's the people who I know and respect who who I really care about what they think about my church. And so I want more people to show up sometimes for entirely the wrong reasons. Yeah, and and so it's a way to gauge yourself among other people, even though it's a false gauge. Um, and I think. There's something that feels good when a lot of people show up when you're preaching. Sure. You know, like Absolutely. There's, there's something that does feel good about that. Nothing wrong with full pews. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think I think behind a lot of those questions, when it's coming from a pastor to a pastor, is the comparison game yeah. of sort of sizing another guy up. And yes. I don't know that that's fair to, you know, assume that. Every pastor who's ever asked me how many people come to my church, you know, they're trying to size me up or they're trying to play yeah. some comparison game. But I think it's got to play a part in it. I know in, in my mind, 
even when I don't ask another pastor that question, it's lurking yeah. in the back of your mind, and it's just sort of a like you said, we live in a comparison society. Yeah, I, you, I don't even think it's pastors though. Like I think you know when I go when I go to uh, see my family, and a lot of them are not church; they're unchurched people, and so. Even just in the course of conversation there, that's always one of the first questions. How many people are coming? Yeah. Are you growing? Are more people showing up? And, you know, and maybe that's just their polite way of making small talk and they don't yeah. know what else to ask a pastor, but it always comes up. How many people are coming? Yeah. Do you have more coming than you did last year? Are you growing? So I don't know. It's just an interesting, well, interesting and, question. And it's funny when people like my family does the same thing. Like, how's the church going? Like, I don't even know how exactly how to answer that because in the last 12 to 18 months, we've actually lost about half of our membership. And so like, um, if you're going straight, like worship attendance, like in some ways it's not going very well at all, but that again is not a, a healthy gauge of the, of the life or the health of the church. And so like, um, although I want to be able to boast of a big number, <laughs> you know, um, but there's something about this idea of success and individuality and consumerism and, again, comparison. Like, all those things just are so saturated into the church world, um, and it's just the air we breathe. Like, you can't hardly read a leadership um, blog or book or whatever without kind of feeling some of those some of that tension yeah. um, that I'm not sure is, is, you know, from the Bible sometimes, like, what I feel, you know? Right in that regard to church right. size and all that. Right. It's a it's an interesting sort of issue to navigate as a pastor thinking about of course you want people to be there, of course you want more people to come, you want to make more disciples. Yeah. But like you said, um, I think it's just a, a regional thing in our area right now. In the last eighteen months we've lost a hundred regular yeah. attenders, like plugged in connected people yeah. and we've replaced some of them, but at the same time, when somebody says, are you growing? That's kind of a loaded question. Yep. Like, we've added a lot of people, but we've lost a lot just because they moved out of the area. Yep. So that's that, a, a tricky thing. Yeah, that's exactly how it is for us, too. The the economy driven by oil, and then oil drops, and people don't have a job or a reason to stay. Like, they yeah. don't stay. And, it's like, we feel the effects of that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, the slow 10 or 15% growth is amazing for a church, but when you're losing 50%, you yeah. know, like that 10% that are added, it just yeah. seems, it seems small. And it, I mean, I, just to be perfectly honest, like um, where this really gets me is, you know, when the church is growing in a good spot, man, I can boast of God's faithfulness and his goodness. And, um, but still when people leave, like it exposes my heart of things I didn't know were there. Yeah. Like I would have said, man, I'm all for God's kingdom and, and it doesn't matter about church size and it doesn't matter you know, as long as we're making disciples and focus on the right things, all that. But then it actually happens, and it, and God exposes my heart. Like, hey, you said the right things, but like you still kind of cared a little too much about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so one question I've got: um, We live in Texas. We live in Bible Belt, Texas. Um, what do you think is normal? When I look around our town, we live in Odessa. It's a town of about 100,000 people. Um, it seems like you've got a handful of really big churches, and then you've got a whole bunch of little bitty tiny churches. What's normal in Odessa, Texas, where we live in the Bible Belt? Is normal going to a big giant church, 
or is normal going to a quote unquote regular pastor church, a small to a medium sized church? How would you answer that? Um, I think it would just depend. Uh, I think, I think there's a lot of serious issues, um, in our culture, um, just with the whole kind of Bible belt mindset. And I wonder often, like how many people think they're a Christian when they're really not a Christian, Hmm. but then all that plays into like how somebody picks a church. Um, almost always, like when people are talking about picking a church, it has to do with this like they view them almost like a buffet and, and, mm. and what that church can offer me. And so it seems like the big churches are growing because they have more stuff to offer. Um, and, you know, they may be, but but it seems like to me, like what's more attractive is, hey, what what do you have for my kids that are this age? And if your church can pull off something better than the church down the street, you, you might have some more people show mm. up. Um, and that may be a cynical view, but um, in, in a highly in a highly churched area where everybody kind of knows about Jesus. Most people just want to add Jesus to their life. They don't actually want to submit to him and yeah. worship him. Is It's kind of what I found. Yeah. And so the church becomes this thing to serve them rather than the thing that they get to serve and be connected to. Yeah. And so like the, the whole mindset of church size, I think it's kind of like it's more of a buffet than it is anything else. Yeah. I agree with you. I think, I think the general feel, and this is not, statistically backed up by my research, but I think the general feel, if you ask me about our area, is that larger churches are getting bigger or doing okay. Smaller churches are struggling and getting smaller and dying out. And I think a lot of it has to do with this sort of, you know, the mindset of what can the church offer me and my family, what programs, what opportunities. Not all of those are always bad questions to ask, for sure. sure. But it definitely plays into it. You know, I've looked up some numbers from Barna. You can look up all kinds of numbers on the internet. Um, The average Protestant church in the United States is 89 adults in a worship service on Sunday. Anecdotally, just off the top of my head, I sure wouldn't think that the average is that small. I just Big churches get so much press, so much attention. Yeah. You see them on the internet. You see them on your social media feeds. They're the ones that are invited to the conferences. That's right. The conferences, the big names. I guess in my brain, just normal is becoming bigger. Yeah. And to hear that number, I, I realize there's some denominational issues that factor into that and some geographic issues where uh, just churches in general in different parts of the country are not as big. But 89 is the average uh, 60% of churches have less than 100 in worship. So most churches in the United States don't have more than 100 people in uh, in big church on Sunday. Only 2% of churches have over 1,000 in worship. Again, as much as you hear about mega churches and mega pastors and, like you said, conferences, books, et cetera, yeah. blogs, podcasts, uh, that number I would think... Um, would be would be way higher. I guess I look at these numbers, and there's some others I could give you. Eighty-three uh, percent of people who attend church attend a church that's small or medium size. Most people in the United States who go to church on Sunday, the vast majority are not in a mega church, but they're in just what you and I would call yeah. a regular church. I I don't know if that should be encouraging. I don't know if that should be discouraging. To me, I do think it's surprising that. For all the attention we give to megachurches, most people are attending churches that would not fall into that yeah. category. Well, I think, too, something that plays into is in the South, 
and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure the percentage of mega churches there are, most of them are, they tend to be in the South. They're not only in the South, but yeah. this, the, the air we breathe is more saturated with larger churches. And yeah. so I think we can feel that as well. Um, and it, I think some of it goes back to is like, we understand that a big church isn't the goal, but like we do desire more people to come to know Christ Absolutely. and to be discipled. And it's like, we do care about how many people are coming. Hopefully that's not how we're gauging success or failure or whatever, but that plays into it. Absolutely. I've, I've read two, I've read, I've read gaining by losing by JD Greer recently. And I'm in the middle of the prodigal church by Jared C. Wilson. Mm. And they both kind of hit on this idea. But one thing um, that they were saying is that a lot of, a lot of what's happening, especially like in the Bible Belt, isn't so much like church growth as much as it is church reshuffling. Yeah, it's the Christians kind of transferring their growth to the bigger churches, yeah. and, and that's why the bigger churches are growing. And again, that's that's not always true, right? And and that doesn't necessarily mean that big churches aren't healthier, or they are healthier, or whatever. But like um, the idea that hey, the church is called to make disciples, and we're called to really know one another and to do life together and to um, you know, just to really grow in some of those deepest, most rich, most beautiful, most biblical ways. Yeah. Um, man, that's just not not as common as I think we want it to be, or, or that we can assume it is everywhere else. Yeah, you know? we've had we've had a decent bit of that here at Emmanuel. Um, you know, it's been folks, individuals, older, younger families. Uh, I can't pigeonhole it into one demographic, but. You've got these folks that show up on a Sunday and they're new faces and you talk to them and they've been at another church and they're leaving. Maybe the preaching wasn't yeah. what they thought was doctrinally sound or maybe they just looked around and said, this church is about to die and yeah. nothing's happening. We're not reaching people and it's sort of like a, an abandoned ship. That's a challenging spot to be in as a pastor. You love to see a new face in your congregation, yeah. but you also know that sometimes your gain is someone else's yep. loss. And, um, you know, I, I think about our community in Odessa, and I think in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years, the church landscape is going to look way different. And a lot of these small to medium-sized churches that you see up and down the street, they're just not going to be there. Yeah, yeah. even though, like, I think, I assume, or I expect, like most pastors would say, our our main goal isn't, other people's members like that's not our goal <laughs> right we're never going to get away from that in west texas right you know like that's just something that we're gonna have to learn to navigate and to do a good job with um but again the hope would be that we're seeing people come to know christ and then we're walking with them to maturity you know yeah. like or as long as they're they're among us you know yeah. um because people do move quite a bit they but do. like that's the hope but like the reality too is like it's kind of the air we breathe yep yep it is Let's talk about the job description of a regular pastor. If somebody sat down with you and said, okay, Josh Green, you are a pastor at a regular church, not some big fancy mega church. Um, you're just a regular pastor. What do you do every day? Where would you even start in telling somebody <laughs> what the responsibilities are of a regular pastor? Uh well, like I said, for a small for a smaller church, again, and a, a pastor is more of a generalist, and so like my hands in a little bit of everything, um, and so like 
I'm having to do some administrative stuff. I'm trying I'm I'm leading some teams that I, I probably shouldn't be leading, you know, as we actively try to raise up leaders to take those things over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, preaching is an interesting thing because um it, you know, we shoot for 30 to 35 minutes on a Sunday morning, uh, but that's pretty draining and exhausting just to preach one time, right. you know. And then the prep that goes into that, you're looking at 6 to 8 hours probably minimum per sermon. And so that's a whole day of your of your week, like Sunday is a pretty much a book day, yeah. And then um, your your day of sermon preps a day, and it leaves you only a couple of days left to kind of do whatever else you need to do, yeah. And so, like, what I'm trying to do is meet with people. Um, I try to meet with the newest people in the church, and then I try to consistently meet with the with kind of the the leaders and emerging leaders in the church. Not that everybody else isn't important, um, but that's how I'm trying to to focus my time to help the church grow in health, you right. know, as well as like, as we plug people in, trying to plug them into healthy groups and all those things. And so my job looks a lot like just meeting with people yeah. and, and checking in with them. And some of them are new Christians. Some of them are old Christians. Some of them are checking out our church. Um, and it's really just trying to facilitate and make sure that the things are in place so that people can grow in the things that are most important. Yeah. Um, and then kind of facilitating some of that. Yeah. I like that list. I mean, you've got preaching, you've got teaching and that you know, happens on a corporate level. It happens on a one-on-one level, uh, a Sunday school, a small group, uh, a discipleship group. Uh, You've got counseling. You talk about meeting with people. You're going to counsel people. Maybe it's marriage trouble. Maybe it's parenting issues. Maybe it's money problems, but you've got to serve as a counselor. Uh, Follow-up, you mentioned that. When new folks come to your church, you've got to reach out. You've got to make a call or a text or a visit or all three. You've got hospitals. I've been to the hospital a couple of times this week, and you know, depending on the age of your congregation, that takes more time or less time, but you've got to be a a chaplain. You've got weddings. You've got funerals. You've got staff, or if you don't have staff, you have leaders, and you mentioned that. You've got teams of people or staff members or volunteers that you've got to meet with and you've got to develop. Um, You've got to be somehow connected to your community. Yep. Like you can't just sit in your office all day. So then you got to get outside of that and you got to find a way to connect in your community. Um, you're a project manager. Yep. We just had a huge hailstorm roll through town a couple months ago. And I know every pastor in town has had to deal with insurance companies and roofers yep. and scheduling and building issues and money and budgets and yep. all those questions. Uh, on top of that, you got to be available. Mm-hmm. Like when people need you, they got to know where can I find him, how can I get a hold of him, how can I have access to him. Uh, you've got leadership and vision of the church. Like where where are you going? What are you doing? What programs yeah. will you do or not do? And you know, and that's not even counting like you know your own spiritual life, like absolutely. your own prayer life, absolutely. and all of that, and how that's so vital to. You know, we don't necessarily get paid to read the Bible or attend church, but at some level, like we have to be like part of our job is to care for our own soul yep. and to make sure we have surrounded ourselves with people that help care for our souls so that we can properly care for God's people. Yeah. And sometimes that's a massive undertaking, you know, yep. like pastors don't feel like reading the Bible sometimes too. Right. You know, when you've studied it all week, exactly. you've been in it. Absolutely. On top of all that, I would throw, I just call it like with a, a wink and a smile, miscellaneous duties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some things in a small to medium church you don't get to delegate. Like, you know, yesterday uh, we had a, toilet leaking. Mm-hmm. We don't have a full-time custodian and our part-time custodian is on vacation. So 
you know, one staff guy's out and this staff member's doing this. And yesterday it just fell to me to like meet with the plumber and talk yeah. to the plumber. And I didn't build that into my yeah. week. I didn't plan <laughs> on that. But there you are, you know, hovering over a toilet trying yeah. to figure out what needs to happen. Learning to navigate like the unexpected has been super hard for me because I'm very task and time and routine oriented. And so when that... uh when that happens, it can be very hard for me right. to really, to, again, to, to put people before projects like they right. should be because I'm so focused on like, man, I've got, I've got eight things and, that's so, right. and you're not one of them. So, you that's know, right. and so like that stuff that happens, but it it's comes hard. up. It yeah. does. Okay. Let me ask you a few rapid fire questions and, uh, we'll kind of wrap this up. What of all those responsibilities we just listed, which one do you think, or maybe one or two, what is the biggest challenge for a regular pastor? Is it one of those in particular, or is it juggling all of them in balance? What do you think is the biggest struggle for guys who pastor small to medium-sized churches? This may be a cliche answer, but I think it's absolutely true of me. Um, I can do a lot of good things instead of what's best. Hmm. And so knowing what what's best and what's most important and what's most, not just urgent, but most, most important and most significant to serve the people God's given me to help the most people and to make sure I'm doing the things I need to do to fully set our people up to succeed. Like that line is not always as clear as, as I wish it was. And so I can find myself staying busy and being productive, but I wasn't, sometimes it's like, man, I did a lot of good things, but I'm not sure I was doing the best things. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Um, I know for me, that's great advice. If I had to pick one of those in particular, um, I think the one I struggle with the most would be counseling And it's not, you know, I tell people up front, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a licensed counselor, a trained counselor. I don't feel incompetent to sit and visit with people about what the Bible says, for example, about their marriage. I think the reason that's the biggest struggle for me is that is the hardest thing for me to leave at the office and to not carry sort of as a burden, um, you know, the rest of my week, just running through conversations, running through scenarios, thinking about people, praying for people. And it just, it's so easy for that to become a consuming thing for me. Um, when I'm visiting with folks, I love doing it. I love yeah. counseling with them, talking with them about the scriptures, but just emotionally and spiritually, I know that's a draining thing. What do you think is the best part about being a regular pastor. I don't want this all to be a, yeah. a doom and gloom podcast. There's great things um, you and I have talked about when it comes to serving God's people. When you're a regular pastor, what's the best part about it? I think for me, it's like seeing people just like, okay, so knowing like, hey, this couple was here last year and look mm-hmm. how far that they've come in just 12 months. Like just watching people grow and take steps of faith. For me, that that hasn't got old yet, and I hope it doesn't. Um and and just, I mean for me that that just lights a fire under me just and, and to be able to tangibly say like hey like you used to really like struggle with this and then look at how yeah. well you handled this situation yeah. in your marriage or with these people in this group or whatever like to see people grow yes yeah. like that to me it's like man I'll give my life for that if God's yeah. moving and working and growing people I love that yeah I agree a hundred percent that's what that's what I you know scribbled down in my notes before we we started talking is just discipleship and seeing people grow, seeing them understand God's word better and know how to apply it to their life and then live it out uh, is a great thing. And you get to see that on an up close and personal level uh, when you're a pastor of, of the kind of church that we pastor, because you're really down there on ground level with the folks. Um, There's not a whole lot of layers of bureaucracy or 
whatever between you and your people. So I like that a lot. Yeah. What do you think if we could pull back the curtain for non-clergy, non-ordained, non-ministry people, if you could pull back the curtain and let them really see the life and the heart and the struggles of a regular pastor, what do you think would surprise them the most to learn about the guy that stands up in front of them every yeah. Sunday and gives a sermon? Well, I mean, I try to say it often um, and from the pulpit that, you know, I'm not like the spiritual Superman that people are trying to be. Like, I'm not the standard or the model necessarily. Like, I mean, Timothy calls us to be, like, the Bible calls us to be an example, sure. But like... Uh, like the amount of the amount that I struggle and still sin, like in my marriage and against my kids and just in my thought life and motivations, like whatever you want to say, like um, the more mature I get, I suppose in Christ, the more I realize that I'm more sinful than I even yeah. realize. And yeah. so, like, just learning to to realize that and navigate it, and knowing that, like, I'm on the journey with them. Yeah. Like, even though I'm an under shepherd, I'm still a sheep, and like, yeah. Um, and I need them. They don't need just need me speaking into their life. I need them speaking into my life and 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 walking with me. Yeah, and that's one of the greatest benefits that I think that we've had these last few years. We really have like the church pours back into me a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm not apart from them, and I think that's one thing I've learned a lot is that I need the church just as much as as the church needs pastors or leadership or or whatever else. You yeah, know? and so uh, man, we're normal and I like it. I yeah. like it. I, I think one thing that would surprise a lot of folks about their regular pastor is, uh, and I think this kind of fits with some of what you're talking about maybe on the flip side, but I think they'd be surprised at how isolated some of them feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a place right now where that's not a huge struggle for me, and I know it's not a huge struggle for you, but I talk to guys in our area yeah. and other places all the time who basically feel like, I'm surrounded by people all the time, but I'm in this thing totally alone. Yeah. And maybe that's a, a consequence of how they've structured their church from a you know an ecclesiology standpoint. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's um, you know, just the reality of where they're serving at the time that they're just maybe put on that pedestal where they they're seen as someone who doesn't struggle, who's got it all together, and they feel like I can't shatter that illusion. Um, you know, I I had lunch with a guy last week. He had a church member who just left his church. And the reason the, the, the member left was I needed someone from the church and no one called me. Yeah. And the pastor I'm eating lunch with, he says, I didn't say it, but what I wanted to say is that happens to me every week. Like I need you guys every week and no one calls me. So can I leave too? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he held his tongue and he he was dignified about it. But um, I I know just from talking to guys, there's a lot of guys that feel isolated and disconnected. Josh, you're a regular pastor in Odessa. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad we get to serve right down the street from each other. Um, I know as well as you do that we need more good regular pastors in our town, and I don't think our town's any different than any other town. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, great. Uh, thank you. To uh, those of you who checked us out today for listening to the first ever Regular Pastor podcast, hope you'll check our website. It's regularpastor.com. We've got links to social media. We've got resources for regular pastors. Uh, We've got ways for you to contact us if you've got questions or suggestions or requests. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is the Regular Pastor out.